I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Rachel is back from her vacation, so it's time for some hot takes, and you know we got to dive right in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support to the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun way to enjoy the w join us over on playback for our watch parties they're super fun engaging and sometimes some people break some news on it the link is playback.tv forward slash Winsider. That's playback.tv forward slash Winsider. And you never know when we're going to do a giveaway. Welcome back to the Winsider Show. I'm excited. Rachel's back. We've kicked Matt out. Um, he's gone. He's done. But Rachel's back. It's time for the hot takes to commence. You look a little sunburnt. You got some sun. You had some soul searching. Um have you figured out? No, I'll wait till the end of the episode. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. So you, I always truly enjoy um, when you're on this yearly vacation because it gives me an opportunity to completely, you know, shape and mold your view of the W season early on because you rely on me to give you game updates and then I get to like throw in my little bits and pieces. Um, I, I kid, but I'm serious. Any I anytime I can, you know, poison your brain to ha have the same beliefs as me, it, it works. It's hard. Like we're driving a 10 hour trip. And so I'm like in, in the car, just like watching the live scores, trying to figure out what's going on. And then like in the little pockets that I did have service, I, I'd watch one, one or two of the games, but no, I, I appreciate you um, giving me updates, basically what happened. Like you said, you do kind of have an opportunity to kind of jade my mind a little bit, but Honestly, you do a pretty good job with it. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not too harsh with it. You do a good job. I try and be fair. Um, and then I'll be like, but I'm totally biased, Rachel. So, <laughs> um, honestly, like, really fun stretch of games this past weekend. Um, and I, I know that like, we're gonna talk a little bit about some games. Look, WNBA season is very much like free agency. It's never just like one game happens in a vacuum by itself. There's always the buildup, the game before that, is the team, you know, have a travel game before it. When it comes to DC, I always like to look at when did they travel, how recently was their last game, because I know their best player, Lena Deldon, hasn't played a full season in a while. They've been resting her for a few seasons. So it's just kind of like, where are they? How does her body respond to that? That adds an element of a question mark. Um, if you're better, but before we get into anything, Chicago Sky social media account had one of the best tweets I've seen in a very long time. It was like super team light the beam. I don't care. Sky win or whatever it was. Uh, it was glorious. It was magical. Chicago sky upset. One of the predominant uh, teams, a team that we all have projected to be one of the best teams in the league this season, the New York Liberty. We had 
game one between the two of them. So they had back-to-backs, whatever you want to call it. Some will say, well, it wasn't actually back-to-back. They played each other, and then the next game they played each other again. And the Chicago Sky, in my opinion, really exposed a weakness in New York in a way that we hadn't necessarily seen yet. We talked about it early in the season, that first loss to D.C., the ability to attack the paint. Which Chicago, which New York player is going to control the paint, be that presence, you know, sacrifice their body and their well-being for the victory, uh, for lack of better terms. And and I think a lot of people kind of viewed that as that's the equation to beat them. But then Chicago went on the flip side. Sabrina's not a great defender. Sloot's not a great defender. If you have guards who will punish them for not being great defenders, you are in a good position. Chicago did that in game one, kind of faltered lost their eye on the prize as the game got towards the end. And in game two, I think we were talking about this, Rachel. It seemed like going into it, at least my mindset was New York's going to bounce back, say, hey, you're not an elite team like us. We're going to show you. We're going to spank you around. They did not do that. They got spanked. Chicago Sky with a big win. What I will say, though, New York did what we kind of anticipated they would do at least for the first half you know Mm -hmm. came out took a huge lead headed into halftime they were up 19 and then it was like there became this comfortability or complacentness you know later in the game in Chicago to rally back from down 19 I think we all kind of I anticipated after the game being a one-point game on Friday to to, you know for New York to come out with a bit of a vengeance and, and put their foot on the gas a little bit more than what they had done and so to to respond in a way where you just think you can coast through the second half and a team like Chicago who plays with a ton of grit, a ton of um, a chip on their shoulder, right? I mean, they're, they're playing with that mentality. Like people think we're, we're going to suck this year and we're just going to go prove you wrong. There's a danger in that, I think, in my opinion. And, and like that reared its head in that second half between New York and Chicago and that was the most alarming. I was texting you about it at the time. That was the most alarming thing to me. Um, you know, it's just this New York team. Like, yeah, I could I could get into the X's and O's and the percentages and things like that. But this is a team very much still trying to figure out their identity. You've got a lot of superstars on there, but like, I feel like everyone's kind of looking at the next one. Like, who's going to be the leader, right? Who's going to bring that grit, that edge? that that toughness down the stretch we're like we're just gonna step on the we're, we're gonna stomp on their throat and like put them to bed like I don't see killer instinct in this team yet I have not seen it yet this so far this season what do you think well, no no I completely agree and I'm glad you brought that up I mean to to me I view I view this as like two maybe three different things I the leadership is one thing right like salute never been that leader that's why they needed candace parker to come in and bring them to that next level for victory uh stewie has never been that leader it was always sue right um jj has never been that leader right like that just wasn't her on connecticut there's a variety of other people there but it just was not her and so now all three of them went from being superstars that that were in a lack of better term cushy position where they didn't need to be the leader, right? They didn't need to be that person holding other people. I don't even want to say it's holding other people accountable. It's not that. It's it's when, lack of a better term, poops hitting the fan, 
and somebody needs to step up, hold other players accountable and pull everyone together and say, Hey, this isn't going to happen. I'm taking over. I'm doing this now. Stewie's always kind of been the silent, but do that part, right? Like we know she can do that and, and just dominate a game. JJ, there's been questions of it. Heck, even in her MVP season and then salute. No one expects that from her. Right. And obviously Sabrina's not going to be the leader of this team. Like she's now the fourth, on, you know what I mean? Like fourth, fifth on this team. So like, let's be realistic about that. But then there's, there's the, the foot on the throat, the aggressive, you know, dog mentality, that, that it factor, that, that player that like Kayla Thornton could be, but she's almost too nice. Like that player who's going to do it all the diving for the balls, the, you know, taking a, an important charge, the doesn't care is going to maybe shove an opponent and get a technical if they know that's going to motivate the rest of the team type mentality. You know what I mean? Like I have my questions at play style with New York. And then I have my questions in terms of just sure. gelling of the team. Yeah. And it's really interesting actually, because going into the season, Rachel, I think we talked about this. We all knew that New York was going to like take some time to gel but I almost felt like personality wise, that wasn't going to be the issue. And the bigger issue is going to be in Vegas with Candace Parker, who we all know is a big personality and is an alpha coming into a place with an Asia Wilson and with all these other players who are leaders also. And kind of how does that work? And so far what we've seen, granted the aces really haven't had their foot to the fire yet, but so far what we've seen is pretty clearly, in my opinion, at least the opposite that, that New York is still trying to find a gel, um, and almost like you kind of said it like everyone's just too nice. It's too much looking to the other person. Well, you just, again, it's a perfect example of like, you can put together the best players in the world and just think that it's just going to be easy, you know? And you could look at that as a fan. You could look at that as a franchise. You could look at it as a team. Like there, there are going to be growing pains of it. And I don't care how much talent you have on the team. And, and we're living through it right now. I mean, look, they're four and two so early in the season. We're going to be talking about them a month, month from now. Who knows? They could be on a 10 game winning streak. Who knows? But, yeah, it is really interesting to kind of analyze, like, how the development, the mentality of this team shifts in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then let's move on. I mean, obviously, look, I, I think New York fans probably already calling for Sandy's head. Which is the worst ridiculous. team ever, blah, blah, blah. Here's my thing. It's ridiculous. Fans are supposed to do that. Fans are supposed oh, yeah. to be ridiculous. Fan, like... I want crazy fans. I love it when fans are, you know, dragging me through the mud. I love that from the fans. You know what I mean? For me, it's more about like, I hold media and people in the league or in the circles to a different standard than I do the fans. Let the fans be crazy. Let the fans be wild. But shout out to the Chicago sky, James freaking Wade. Okay. Um, not only the inaugural Windsider coach of the month, but just, I just, I don't know about you. I keep thinking about that that interview or presser after uh, the Marina trade when people are kind of ragging on him. And he was like, I don't know about you. I'm not planning on losing. And like, look, we can give him all the shit. Like, now I look back at that and I go, was he sitting there going, I know I have something special? Obviously, it's still early. Don't get me wrong. But was he sitting there saying, I know I have something special. Nobody sees it yet, but they will. Or was it a gamble? And he's just like, Hey, it's working now. No, I think that he's just the coach's ego, you know, like they don't 
they, 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 they coach to win games. That's in their DNA, you know, and obviously James Wade is a good coach. He knows how to motivate his players. He's, he's has a phenomenal reputation throughout his entire time in the league. Like he's not, he can't, I don't think he can accept, you know, just being complacent or whatever, hoping to be in the lottery. Like, you know, you're competitive. It's just, it's in your DNA. So I think what I'm seeing is, this team who's taken on that identity, this chip on their shoulders that, but, but I said it a week ago or whenever, whenever I was on here last, they're going to scratch and claw and have this chip and this edge. Cause you've got players like Kai and Courtney Williams who, you know, just kind of bring that, that edge, if you will, to this team that I think, and Marina Mabry, I mean, you've got some, you've got some pretty, pretty tough competitors in terms of just not willing to go down without a fight. And I like that. This is going to be a team that's going to scratch and claw every single win that they get this season. Do I still think at the end of the day they're they're a middle-of-the-pack team? Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I just think you're seeing it play out. You know, I mean, it's, it's, they're not a bad team. They're not a lottery team. I guess they could be, but from what I've seen so far is, yeah, they're just going to scratch and claw and fight their way and have that edge to them every single game this season. And they can – and they could they could beat a team less like Las Vegas, or they could lose to Seattle. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. Yeah, and and honestly, like we talked about this coming into the season, with all these teams that have such big question marks, one of them is going to be the Atlanta Dream, a la Nikki Collin, right? Like yeah. one of them is just going to have that improbable season That's that defies statistics. Year. What? Such a crazy year to think back. To. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> But like one of those teams is going to float to the top. Like it's just not, like it's going to happen. The question is, was it going to click for Seattle or LA or Minnesota or Chicago? Like who was it going to be? And what we've seen so far is LA a little bit, right? Um, definitely looking more cohesive and better than maybe some expected. But the Chicago Sky, I mean, I think they floated um, quite well to the top, as it were. Indiana Fever. Las Vegas Aces put on one of the more fun, impressive, improbable games of the season. Fever leading by two or four throughout a large portion of this game, if not all of it. Uh, The Aces pull off a four-point victory in the end, and it really looked like one of those situations where we saw the flash of what this Fever team could be and what they're building towards. Melissa Smith is a superstar in my opinion, she's the face of the franchise. Like, I don't care Leah Boston was the number one pick. I don't care that Kelsey Mitchell has been there for a while. I don't care about a lot of these other players in that sense. She has shown, Melissa Smith, is it versatile? She is athletic. She is a beast and a dog. And she has that will to win. And honestly, like, I'm buying all the stock in Melissa Smith. Um, but in the end... It came down to a team that knows how to win those tight, crazy games. You probably have better insight on that game than I, as we flipped roles and you were kind of updating me on that game while I was watching uh, from my phone. But what was your thoughts on that matchup? I mean, I think you had um, Fever came out hot. They, you know, they were able to set the tone and punch Las Vegas in the face early on in the first quarter. Um, second quarter kind of dropped off a little bit, so it evened out. Um, they responded, and the Fever did in the third quarter, and took a lead. I mean, it was just kind of a a tale of a back and forth game. A lot of momentum runs in terms of who was winning each quarter. 
Um, the part that keeps standing out to me, I, I don't think Vegas played well at all. Kelsey Plum did not shoot well. Um, just just across the board, this they didn't look – I mean, they looked maybe 60% at best. Now, Asia Wilson finished with 27 and does what Asia Wilson does, but – you know, it wasn't a huge game for Candace Parker. Jackie Young finished with 19. Kelsey Plum was 0 for 6 from the three-point line, um, which, again, is just very unusual for her. But we've seen it a little more the last week and a half or so of, of kind of some struggles, I guess, offensively. Uh, but there's as a whole, like, like Chelsea Gray kind of tried to come on a little bit later in the second half, but there's a point at, like, five and a half minutes in the fourth quarter where Fever still had about a four- or five-point lead and it's that it's that period of time, like the final five minutes of the game, where experience um, versus youth or lack of experience starts to rear its head. And and I think what I saw was there was a couple really back to back turnovers. I think there was a, a moving screen that was called on Alita Boston, and then it came back down, and there was another turnover. I forget I forget what the turnover was, but. Just that moment in the game felt like a big turning point to me in terms of fever got deflated in that moment. You start kind of questioning and pointing and trying to figure out, and you're trying to respond. But a team like Vegas, who's so seasoned, who's so experienced down the stretch of games, really was able to capitalize on on those final few minutes of the game. And, and you know, like a lot of coaches point at specific periods of that game where momentum shifted, and I kept coming back to that, was kind of that five-minute mark of the fourth quarter where Fever had the lead, but one of the biggest battles for teams, especially newer teams, younger teams, is not just, one, not getting blown out. (laughs) So not getting blown out and being competitive, being in games, um, managing and and weathering the the flows and the, uh, the runs that teams go on. But then winning those final few minutes and not allowing that pressure, right? Those mo- those momentum periods to throw you off kilter, um, and honestly, that's what I saw. And it's not even like Fever played bad. I thought they played really well. I thought they had a phenomenal first half offensive showing. I mean, just so many different weapons on this team that we are not used to seeing. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it just shows you this is a team that they're on the right track. They've got to learn how to, again, not just be competitive. Now they've got to learn how to win those final few minutes of games. And and that's something, in my opinion, is not talked about enough in terms of possessions and not, not and, you know, final five minutes, you might have 10 extra possessions, 10, 10 possessions. What are you doing with those? You know, and, and those back-to-back turnovers, in my opinion, just killed, killed the momentum. I also think that, like, Vegas is one of those teams. We saw it from Seattle during their great days, from, you know, LA, Minnesota, the Comets, um, trying to think DC when they were, you know, just revving every, every angle. Um, it's almost like the first, second and third don't matter for teams at that level. And it's, it's literally like, is the game close? Like you were saying in that five minute, in those last five minutes is the game within reach. If it is within reach, the confidence level those teams have of understanding that yes it's only 10 possessions and you mess up on the first one nice still got nine like the the perspective i feel like that those types of teams have going into those moments is so different versus the team like for a current day indiana atlanta minnesota dallas seattle la all quarters matter 
they're going to continuously talk about playing full games, things like that. And yes, I know the great teams will talk about playing full games also. But that's honestly like in my if I'm going to overly simplify it, that doesn't matter. Like it, it truly, truly comes down to when you like the, the the mediocre teams have to perform all game to get to that point. The high level top tier teams will get to that point, And it's what do we do then? And that kind of. The, in my mind, right, that's the difference between the championship contending teams and the teams that are really good. And I think what we're seeing early is the aces are still riding that high from last season um, and still have that confidence. The question is, does it what's the longevity of it? How does Kelsey Plum's shoulder surgery impact? Is that what's impacting her shooting? Because she is not looking like Kelsey Plum shot wise. Um how does Candace Parker fit? I mean, look, it's early in a long, in the longest season in WNBA history. So I'm excited to see kind of what we get for that. Um, couldn't do an episode without talking about Minnesota and DC. Minnesota gets its first win against DC. Um, and to say that it was a confusing game would be the an understatement. Um, I mean, heck, there was a play where like, what was it? A player went up for a shot or Deladon had the ball. There was like this confusing Reeve challenged the play and it got overturned, but not how Minnesota thought it would be overturned. So they thought it would be overturned into a jump ball. Turned out it was overturned into like a foul by Deladon or something when like, it, I don't know. doesn't make sense. Um, I didn't watch it. So I'm leaning on you. No, it was, it was literally like Deladon has the ball. She's going up for a shot right under the basket. Shepard on one side, Fee on the other side. And one of the, I, maybe it was Shepard or Fee, someone slapped the ball out of her hand. So while she's going up for the shot, she loses possession and then makes a movement and regains possession. And then we thought was fouled. So it was under, and this is like in a key moment. I'm not just bringing up this random play for no reason. Um, but it also exemplified the issues of the refereeing uh, in this league which the players can't call out because they get fined, but I'll call it out for them. And hopefully if the league finds me, somebody will, will jump in and pay my fine. Um, but basically like Eric T after the game, little T was like, even the links were confused. They thought it was a jump ball. They were cheering for a jump ball instead of an and one or whatever it was. And then the team, the, the refs just gave them the ball and that's a free possession. And obviously that didn't decide the game. Um, it ended up having a lot more issues like, the the points mystics just don't look like a cohesive unit i mean points off turnovers if, if the wnba site is correct which oh it was yeah what was it, like 35 30, points or something 30 points yeah off washington's turnovers that's it's phenomenal i mean that's interesting. yeah you know that's a really wow okay yeah yeah i, <laughs> I wish i wish the box score would auto generate for me instead of having to like do math and add these things Again, no, 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 you're fine. It, it was a really interesting game. Weird because Powers only got four minutes. Obviously, like she missed a couple shots. Um, Fee dropped 17 and nine. Dorka is just every game she's out there looks better and better and better. And for a large portion of the game was covering one of the best players in the league in Elena Deladon and did an amazing job. Love it. Kayla McBride was hitting shots, 24 Kayla points. McBride's hitting shots that way and, and, and giving you 25 a game, you're going to be in solid shape because you know Fee's going to show up every day. You know Shepard's going to give you 10 and 8. I mean, 
that, but here, but here's the thing. I'm looking at the box score and like Washington, my biggest concern so far has been like the, the backcourt inability to score. They actually have mm-hmm. a score. I mean, like, oh, yeah. like, like Ariel Adkins at 18 cloud at 14. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Washington is um, very much a lot to figure out. Like, and it, they have a yeah. lot to figure out. They did not like, here's the thing. We know Washington has the talent. They looked so complacent. They looked so much like we don't care about this game. Which is so interesting because remember game one, they came out like out of the shoot on fire and everyone was like, holy shit, here we go. Right. It's 2019 and now here we are a couple weeks later like, wow, okay. <laughs> three and three, losing to one of the worst teams in the league. And that was Maisha's first game back. I, honestly, like I'm going to put it this way, like. We saw starting five great opportunities. Also, um, shout out to Brittany Sykes, who had a wide-open look to hit a, a key three in the game that tied it. Looked like we were going overtime. Seven seconds left. Tiffany Mitchell gets blocked under the hoop and gets a put back in to win the game. Um, and, like, look, 27 points scored in the fourth quarter, right? And they didn't score 20 in the first three. So, like, they were – they – I almost think to go back to what I was saying about the aces of waiting to that five minute mark and then like really hitting a different gear or whatever. I feel like the mystics almost think they're on that level. And again, in a nutshell of this game, right? Like throughout the game, it just, it it was a choppy game. It didn't look good. Yes. You know, clouds getting her 14 points. Atkins getting her 18. They both outscore Shakira and Delhi. But it was just like, one of those games where they didn't look like it wasn't pretty basketball and the mystics when they're playing good, it's pretty basketball. It's scary defense. Um, and it's a lot of high energy and it just it, like, I saw some people saying Minnesota punched him in the mouth and they didn't respond. Like, honestly, no, I didn't like, I didn't even Minnesota scored 14 points in the first quarter. Like we had 30 points in the first quarter. Okay. And it was 14 to 16. It was not like a high scoring, great game or whatever. It was really like, like it was DC's game to lose and they lost it. Like Minnesota fought their butts off, provided the W, not trying to take away from that. But like we just saw DC playing at the floor and Minnesota playing a little bit higher. Um, We look at the standings now. You got the Connecticut Sun at six and one and the Aces at six and oh. Then you got the Liberty. With two losses, four and two, the sky four and three. Uh, you got other than that, Sparks at three and two is the only other team with a winning record. Mystics five hundred, Dream two and three, Fever one and four, Wings three and three, Mercury with one win, Lynx with one win, and the Storm the final team without a win. Um, I guess it's just kind of interesting for me to see the Mercury, sorry, sorry, the Mystics and the Wings sitting at a very very similar spot. Shout out, shout out to the Wings. They've looked really impressive at times. I know that they just had a heart-wrenching loss uh, against DC where I know you didn't see the play, Rachel, but final moments, Lynx have the, or, sorry, Wings have the ball. Nice set. And Satu is then having an amazing season, in my opinion, MVP of their team so far. Takes that last shot when Arike was wide. For a three. And I, I just feel like if you're on a team with Enrique, even if you're having the greatest night of your life, 
when it comes down to the last shot to win or tie, you give it to Arike. Like, that's what she's there for. I know people are going to say that's crazy or whatever, but, like, how many other players in the league, or, heck, even in league history, as, like, 10 seconds counting down, eight, seven, six, Arike passes half-court line, four, three, two. How many other players, like, do you just start laughing because you know they're going to put up the shot and it's going in? For sure. I agree. Like, there's... I don't know who else. How many game winners? How many game winners do you have to take in order to say I'm take I, I'm so comfortable with this, like I want the ball in, in her hands every time we have a shot to win the game. I don't know. Right, and it's like I would trust her more than I would trust her more, even if she's zero for six that night on a game winner. Than I would trust like. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm putting the ball in her hands. I don't care what she's shooting. I don't care if she. You know what I mean? Like hobbling on one leg like I, i'm i'm giving her the ball to finish off the game that that's my take um not the hottest take but hey not everything can be smoldering um what are you excited for what game are you or games are you most excited for when you look to the you know the next definitely week looking forward to vegas and connecticut um i mean both back to back i know we're doing pick up here pick them here in a second um but i i look forward to those two going toe to toe i'm looking forward to see las vegas and how they respond to really not playing great um and then just the continuation slash new era of this connecticut sun team and like truly how how do those two two teams clash honestly i like the indiana fever chicago sky game um they're pretty even in my eyes in terms of energy and grit the two teams have like you look at the fever bench and right like they're just like hype city energy left and right energy 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 Chicago's not the same way but they they bring it on the court in terms of the swagger and the chip on the shoulder that I was talking about earlier so looking forward to just kind of like a really really tough competitive emotional game between those two um I feel like I've watched LA like one time this year so I'm, I'm very I just ready to get another set of eyes on them would like to see Stevens back in the rotation. I know she's like still being worked back in. Um, but honestly, I mean, I know we've got a lot this week. Another one will be how New York responds to Minnesota. Um, not going to lie. I feel like they're just going to spank Minnesota. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to be Minnesota after that loss. So that kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, that would be my two Las Vegas, Connecticut, Indiana, and Chicago tonight. If I'm if I'm looking further down the the on Friday the nine, the two games I'm not gonna lie pretty excited for Fever Link Sky Sparks. I feel like those are four teams that are in a similar realm and are gonna put up a good fight. Minnesota Fever, like Fever is a fun team to to watch games of now. For sure, I enjoy watching the Fever. Like it's not like oh you used to turn it on and you would just be like, oh my god. But now you're like, like, what are we going to see? Who's going to go off? How's this team going to look? Like the energy they bring, the excitement on that bench. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying watching the fever and trusting the process of this team getting smarter, learning, end of game situations. You know, I mean, like that's it's a process with the fever. I know, you know, where people see the wins and losses, but it's a process and you can really see the growth. Um over and over and i yeah i agree fever over minnesota i call fever on that one I, I guess we'll add that one and i <laughs> guess i have to go in on that even though i kind of agree with you 
Oh, so yeah. Um, all right, who's ready? Who's ready? You ready for pick them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's rip through it. Because I got to right, cool. him because I I I was on the beach having a lot of drinking shit. for the past days. fifteen yeah. days. Um. All right, aces at sun. Who you got? Honestly, I think Las Vegas will respond after not playing great. Las Vegas. I got sun. I I. I mean, whatever. It's not a surprise. I we talked about this before. I think because they play twice, we're doing two pickums for them. We're doing games today, tomorrow, and Thursday. So I Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just a matter of who wins what game. Exactly. Um, and and we're flipping on it, so that works. Okay. Fever at Sky, and honestly, we're picking it as game of the night. I'm gonna go Chicago. Oh, and Sky also. Sparks at Storm. Part of me wants to be just like different and pick Seattle. Like they're just going to beat LA, but I just don't think, I don't think Kurt will get out coached. So I'm going to go Sparks. Winks at Liberty. Hold on. You didn't tell me what you picked. Oh, I know. I went Sparks also. I, 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 I think the storm, uh, like LA is not that good and they play them back to back. So I think maybe they split one of them, but I feel like, the Sparks, or I mean the Storm, while they have a lot of games to be played because they've only played a few, are definitely eyeballing that Minnesota and Indiana game as opportunities to get a dub. Yeah. But Jewel Lloyd, about to set some records, calling it now. Liberty at Lynx. We're both going Liberty, right? For sure. Uh, Mercury at Wings. Sorry, that was Lynx at Liberty. Not that it matters. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Dallas is playing with like, one arm right now for some reason it just get i get that sense uh this could go either way I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna say phoenix okay even though i think it'll be dallas i'm gonna that phoenix is gonna get a couple wins in this yeah they have to um wings i, I had the wings there we go then second game is aces at sun so obviously i think we're flipping yeah just and then you got the minnesota indiana game whatever um just so you know as of now, I'm still beating you. <laughs> I'm up. What am I up? Four. Four. I'm four and two. Okay. And you're three and three. Mm, okay. Big week. Big week ahead, guys. So, yeah. This one, Rachel normally makes her uh, her charge forward to dethrone me. Uh, Rachel, to end out the episode, who's your goat? Pickle. <laughs>